Everybody, 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 drop your buff. Stop, 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 Welcome back to Drop Your Buffs. We are doing something new here. Wait, I'm Sean Ross. I'm Evan Ross Katz, and we are doing something new here. We're doing something new here because Survivor just ended, and we are recording our hot takes straight out of like our first watch. I usually watch the show twice. I usually, you know, watch it the next morning. I sleep on it. I read the Reddit threads. I see what everyone's talking about. This is now- unfiltered. Just to be clear, this is out of necessity. This is not going to be a new normal. I am traveling <laughs> yeah. tomorrow and did not want to miss another episode. So Sean was very uh, kind in allowing us to record immediately following the episode. What's funny about this is, as you just mentioned, Sean, you are a big, uh, you like to do your research. You like to watch twice. You like to take notes. I am a little bit more fast and loose. So it's funny <laughs> because right before we hopped on the mic, Sean I mean, not exposing how the how Please. the uh, soup is made, but you were like, I'm a little nervous for how this is going to go. But like, I am, I'm always very confident when it comes to all things you. But I think this presents a exciting uh, perspective uh, that will not be worse; will just be different than the one with, that we're used to from you. Yeah, there's a there's a tension in the air, mm. uh, a nervous tension. Yeah. It's like that the might tension, be kind palpable. of like Jeff, right after it comes out of surgery, there's like a tension. <laughs> but it loosens up. It settles yeah, in. Yeah, no, it, it loosens up, as, <laughs> as we've noted. There's a tension like the sphincter-shaped net in the challenge this mm. week. So you say sphincter at the moment, and all I can think about is Heidi Klum's uh, Halloween costume. It but wasn't yeah. dissimilar. Yeah, not dissimilar, not at all. Yeah, and equally challenging to get out of, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. except nobody looked as good as Heidi Klum once they got out. It's true. I mean, not to tangent, but real quick, people are like very divided about that costume and like, uh, fine, whatever. But like, that's I haven't incredible. seen any division. Oh, I've seen so much. Oh, I see. Oh, my God. From the get go is like, get the go in the comment section of my post. But it's literally just like, get this off my page, blah, blah, blah. Like, this is too much, which I think is just like, the natural reaction to like a worm, but like we have to like recognize that is like that's above and beyond. The way I mean, her mouth culture, could move, it in is it. it is like an immediate, instantaneous pop culture moment. But the thing that I love so much about it is that when she takes the costume off, she still has the face of the worm, but the body of a supermodel. Like totally. that is the truly iconic costume. The one thing that I think opinion. has always been missing from Heidi Klum as like a pop culture figure, why I don't think she's like as canonical as she could be, is there's just like, she clearly has a sense of humor, but it's like, it's never quite clear like how in on the joke she is. Mm. Like, I mean, it's quite clear, right? Like she must be, but it just doesn't, she doesn't read like a comedy queen and you want a little bit more of that from her. Yeah. I felt Anywho, like we got get her on Survivor. It. I felt like we got it on <laughs> Halloween. Yeah, we okay. got it. No, yeah, no doubt. Well, let's talk about this episode. What a wild episode to be reacting to oh straight off the gate. Like a truly insane episode where the challenge was 30 minutes long, 
I want to say, roughly 30 minutes long. There was a commercial break in the middle of the challenge. Jeff mm-hmm. said they're doing things they had never done before in a challenge. They had done everything in that challenge before. Well, like he, there was some he talked about the changes, stages, but, but he talked about the, like as if they had never done stages of challenges where people get eliminated. That's how he said it. He didn't say it in terms of the pairs. Right, but yeah, yeah. But I was going to say just like the idea of like sort of doing a mid-challenge more like I was gonna say postmortem, but it was almost like the mid challenge like check in that was very unusual. True. Well, yeah. I, I mean, if he knew he was gonna do that, then he's clairvoyant. But in the in the introduction to the challenge, right. this has never been done before. Yeah. Uh, so anyways. I mean, dare I say that this was one of the best episodes since David versus Goliath? Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe there's some early episodes of Winners at War, but I think this was a real high point of of the modern, when we say modern, we're talking 41 plus. I think this was the best episode I've seen of the modern era of Survivor. Oh my God. Oh yeah. I, I mean, hey, I could be lukewarm by tomorrow. Maybe this is like too <laughs> hot a take, but like, oh no, I was in it for like, and for many reasons. Well, and, I'm feeling- Go ahead. I'm feeling like, Mary Kate and or Ashley in It Takes Two because I feel like we have swapped places. Mm. I'm not high on this episode at all. Good. That's why I think we're good co-hosts. True. But like, <laughs> I, I will say that um, I'm very high on this episode, but also there was something about the cast because, you know, you know, the thing about reality competitions when is that you get sort of a new cast every episode in the sense of like, you know, a new dynamic, you know, you're watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's the same cast coming in and out every week. Uh, you're watching Friends, same thing. This is different, right? And so things sort of, you know, you reassess the lay of the land. This group of 12 was just so, this was such a solid group of 12. Um, I had a sense of who everybody is. There's a lot of, there's a lot of dynamics. Um and even though the vote, I, I, I wasn't even so invested in the vote. There was just a lot of like um, inter-tribe, but there wasn't necessarily character building. I don't know. I thought there was just a lot that they packed into this episode. And it's funny, we said this last week as well, but like this would have been a great episode for an hour and a half. It's just so funny that yeah. like we've had multiple episodes now that, and and I actually thought it was very tight. It was a very tight hour. Um, so I'm not saying I necessarily wanted an hour and a half, but like we got this really boring 90 minute episode. And then these these last two weeks, would you agree with me on this? This was at the very least, this was an action packed episode. Yeah, but I'm really stuck on the challenge. I felt like the challenge ate up way too much time, way too much time. I think it could have been one segment, not two, and like one short segment. I don't know, Sean, because like, I disagree with you wholeheartedly. I loved how long the challenge was because, well, because I'm so sick of like strategy talk in this modern era of the show. It was so refreshing to spend so much time just focused on the challenge. And I bet you, you might've felt differently because we'll get into this because there's some gender conversations to have about this episode. Um, but I bet you might've felt differently had it been Carla and other like more dynamic players in the end there, because I think it might've been bogged down by having four players that were not necessarily very hot on. Um, That could have changed things, but like I loved how long this took. I wish more challenges took this long. Wow, I'm truly shocked. I mean, you're right. Like, yes, drag me that if Carla and Cassidy had made it to that final four, I would have been far more invested. 
But I did just feel like there was way too much time spent because I agree with you that the dynamics and the intertribe dynamics are really interesting. I just have no idea what they are. I'm having to look at the votes and how they break down to figure out, wait a second, so Noel and White are with Janine and Owen. How did Janine and Owen get back together? Janine was on the outs. And how did this thing happen where Noel's across all these tribes? Noel's like spreading news like wildfire on the beach to everybody. We've got Jesse and Carla talking about how Noel is gaining too much power in this game, which the last time we saw Noel, she was completely powerless uh, over on Vessi. So all of this stuff is happening and I'm not seeing how it's happening and so that's my complaint where Fair, yeah. i felt like we spent a lot of time and like i mean the jeff speech at the challenge about noel which like on its own it's a nice moment i mean it's interesting mm. that we're focusing on noel and janine was in the exact same situation i do feel like with that moment that survivor has been chomping at the bit to use noel in this way where I didn't think that this warranted it necessarily because, like I say, Janine was in the exact same situation where her tribe mates went and helped her out. But it's like, because Noelle left her leg behind in the net, it's all about Noelle. And, I mean, Noelle has been a challenge beast this entire season. She has not, like, really flopped in any challenge whatsoever until it came to this thing that many people struggled in and now we're making it about like noelle's perseverance that i didn't love i didn't love it i didn't love that either and i thought that was like a precarious moment that like could have gone a lot worse um because i kept thinking what would have happened if Noel were having like a panic attack in there. Like there was this moment of like, you kind of, when they would do the wide shot, you would see Jeff kind of looking back and checking in on her because it was clear that she was in there a lot longer than Janine was the sense that I got. So even though it sort of ends up seeming like the two of them are in there, you get the impression that she was struggling for a lot longer and that she was stuck. Like that was the impression that was like, she'd reached a point where she was no longer twisting and she was just sort of stuck, tangled in the mud without one of her legs, watching all of the other competitors move through onto the next phase. You might get really like, I could just see anyone going into like, you know, fight or flight in that moment. And so I got a little like worried about her in that moment. Um, just like at, at the way that the show, uh, the way the production was handling it and then sort of just like, Jeff sort of moving on and keeping the challenge going, but like not knowing where she was at. And we, and we kind of heard her struggling. And then like that musical cue came in and I didn't know where that musical cue was leading me. Like I wasn't so sure. And then it was one of those things. Okay, so I feel I have two minds about this. Like, I don't know why knowing that they have Noelle on the show and knowing how difficult that might be, there's a part of me that's like, couldn't they have thought about this in the challenge design? And then there's another part of me that might say, well, Noelle seems like the kind of person that wants to compete, wants to be thrown into it, wants to do the things that everyone else is doing to prove that she can do it. I guess this is really for like Noelle to like weigh in on after the fact to get her perspective on it. But I couldn't help but 
feel like I, that to me was like a failure on the challenge design more than anything. I don't want to watch someone like her having to remove her leg and floundering in that way. And I feel like that could have been avoided. But I don't know. It's true. I hear what you're saying. I also have to say that on this challenge, I I really actually liked the net. Like it was very exciting for me to see something that was new that we hadn't seen before. We've seen oh, them yeah, go through yeah. nets, but we had never seen this twisted net sort of mechanism of having to twist yourself through it by throwing your body and you know, like rotating your body yeah, yeah. to very get very pro it. net. Yeah, I liked that. Am I concerned about Noel having to go through that when it's going to be distinctly more difficult for her? I don't really feel any way about that. Yeah, I'm not sure. But I do think there was that like, the way Jeff highlighted Sammy after the fact and gave him this hero moment of like, because I don't think like Sammy could be an awful human being and just be like, hey, I realized we weren't going to win. So what else am I going to do? But like, how it's like, it made it seem like he adjusted his gameplay in order, like he sacrificed his... Um, ability to go forward for Noel, which wasn't the case. He was, because Noel was not able to complete the challenge, he was out. So therefore he had no choice but to sort of like come to terms with it. And then Jeff sort of highlighting the fact that people were going over and like helping her out. To me, it's like, well, they're human beings and there's another human being who's literally caught in a net. So him sort of like highlighting this moment of like this great human moment To me, it's like, what would it say about these people if they didn't do that? (laughs) Like, that to me is the odd part of the conversation. So I just didn't love Jeff's framing in that moment of, and also part of me was like, if I were Noelle, I wouldn't want the whole, all of like the other players to gather around me when clearly you only need one or two people to help you out of the net. You don't need everyone to come and gather around. I would say if anything, all you want to be treated like is just another player in the game, especially when you're Noel, when you're like, as you mentioned, a competition beast. Like this is a rare instance of her not succeeding in a challenge. I don't think you want like outsized attention on you. And I think that was clear in her quote unquote emotional moment because I think Jeff Probst wants a big emotional moment from that. And like that was all Noel was either capable or willing to muster. I didn't find that to be like a really mm-hmm. big moment for her, which I recognize the fact that maybe she didn't want it to be a big moment for her. Um, and that's her prerogative. I don't know. I felt like there just was something not tense about that moment, but like I didn't know how to feel about it. And I didn't know how Noelle felt about it and Jeff felt about it in production and then the other players. And it just felt like everything wasn't quite meshing. Yeah. And I would get Jeff's position if the challenge was active and everybody stopped to help Noelle. But the challenge was like paused at that point because they were pausing it in between whatever phases of the challenge, rounds of the challenge. And so it's not like everybody stepped away from the challenge to go help Noel. It's like you say, what else were they going to do? Just like right. kick mud at her? Like, no, of course you're going to go help somebody out of this difficult situation, just as they helped Janine. And yeah, and I think this is one of the larger conversations I'd love to like sidebar about at some point, which is that like, this is a show not designed for people with physical handicaps. It's simply not. And it's 
incredible that they have players like no Noel in the game. And I sort of wonder, there are just obvious ways in which Noel's at a disadvantage. And it's it's complicated to think about the ways in like should the should the the challenge designers adjust I, I don't know the answer to that. It's something I'd like mm -hmm. to explore more because I don't want people with physical disabilities to come into the game at a disadvantage, right? You never want that. Um, it's kind of like why, for instance, you have the Paralympics uh, and the Olympics, right? So like to give Paralympians the opportunity to succeed. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a really interesting question, but I, I just, I didn't enjoy watching Noelle's struggle. It was hard to watch. And, um, but then the other part of me is like, this is the reality that someone like Noelle has to face in a game like this that she chose to play. So, I don't know. It kind of reminded me of the Heather thing, though, from um, from 41, um, which was that, like, she. this is not, like, a grand moment for Noelle. She failed, much in the same way that Heather failed. And I feel like the survivor of 41 plus wants these moments to sort of, like, be bow-tied, to sort of be, like, in life, all you have to do is, like, keep going. But it's, like, but and in the instance, at least with Heather, I guess, in theory, she did keep trying. It's like, Noelle didn't keep trying here. It's not a heroic moment for her. It's actually like a really, she was defeated in this moment. And so like, what does the show want that to, what do they want that to say? And I, you could say, well, maybe the show doesn't want that to say anything, but I think this is a show that so often wants to say something that mm -hmm. it feels weird when they don't have a thing to say. Yeah. And sometimes they don't know what they're saying. <laughs> Gabriel is a great example of that tonight. We'll get there. We'll get there. Let's talk, though. I do. I want to talk before, because we talked a lot about the challenge. I want to talk about the pairing. So they get this stream mail at the beach saying, okay, it's time for uh, individual immunity. Or is it you all better divide yourselves into pairs? We need six pairs of two. It's up to you who you're going to pair with, and you're going to play this challenge in pairs. I think that this was a really good idea that wasn't thought through correctly on a couple fronts. One, I hate that they were able to just draw rocks. I wish that they had qualified the the ask of the players to say, you have to do this as like a social thing. You have to identify who you want and why you want them even potentially. And then that it really had no actual impact on the challenge. I thought maybe two people were going to win immunity or we were going to win and lose as pairs. Mm -hmm. But it's like once we get to the final round, it doesn't matter anymore. And we've seen that before. We've seen them compete in groups and then compete individually in the same challenge. That has happened. Jeff is pitching it like it hasn't, but it has. Usually in rewards, but still. I just felt like if they were going to do this big thing about pairs, they could have carried it through to the end so two thoughts on that i feel like th they should have done a reward challenge that had two winners of the reward challenge and the two or one but whatever the winners of the reward challenge were able to select the pairings like that should have been mm. the reward that they win is that they are able to make these decisions but, or alternatively, just do it at the challenge. They arrive to the challenge yeah. and Jeff lets them know and they have to choose on the spot. Because what was ultimately odd about it was that they didn't know what the challenge was, as they mentioned. So mm -hmm. for all you know, it's a puzzle challenge or it's a memory challenge <laughs> and who you think is going to be an asset to you isn't. 
I thought what would have been more, like the best case scenario for this challenge would have been they were forced, as you said, for it to be a social experiment and actually choose. And, and it would probably have ended up that the bigger guys would have all come together and tried to, you know, band together as they do on this show and in particular this season. Um, and what would have been great is if it was a puzzle or a memory challenge or something that had nothing to do with, you know, mm-hmm. brutality, <laughs> if you will. Um <laughs> But they did it. So yeah, I feel like um, on the one hand, I applaud the experimentation because we got several sort of shifts in format in this episode. But this is an example, as you said, where it's like it doesn't necessarily work out. But like I'm, I'm, I'm into the idea of fut- of like of this pairing idea, and I think now is the time to mention. <laughs> um, you know, I said I wanted to talk about sort of the gendered roles. I think not for nothing, you have 12 people in the game, eight men and four women. In round one, two of the four women are knocked out, leaving only two women left in the competition. And then in the next round, the two remaining women are both knocked out. I think that that is notable. And look, we can say maybe that's just the way the cookie crumbles. You know, they chose rocks, blah, blah, blah. Sure. That's one perspective on it. But I think it's notable um, the way this all went down. And I think it says something about this season, about this show. And I think we got another instance with Cody at Tribal Council uh, when asked about his perspective, uh, the analogy of the surfer thing. And he was saying, you know, the girlfriends could be back at the beach Mm. watching, which sort of showed Cody's worldview is that like the men go and surf and have fun and the women stay back at the beach and, you know, they get the picnic basket uh, ready, whatever. There's just a lot of that rearing its head here. In the case of the Cody thing, I'm actually for it because he's revealing who he is as a person. And that is the way he views the world. And I'm all about this show showing, you know, people for who they are. And that's how he sees things. But when it came to the challenge, I just was like, again, with that eye on the challenge design, um, it, that was just, this was a purely physical challenge. There was mm-hmm. no, there was just nothing to it. And, okay, sorry, sorry, I know I'm rambling. One last thing. Please. You could argue, hey, Carla and um, Cassidy, they were nearly, had Carla not slipped and fall, they would have been in the final. Yes, you can totally argue that. But I'm just saying, from from how things netted out, as they say, four men in the, in the, in the final, I, I just didn't love it. Yeah, me neither. I don't know. I don't know how you fix that. That's the thing. I don't know either. Yeah. Because too, it's like Carla and Cassie did great in round one as well. Like, so it's, uh, yeah, it's, so it's not, I don't know, but it just is what it is. I didn't love the fact that just seeing the two women struggling there. Um, I don't know. It is. We should talk about Allie Gabler, who said he was going to go underwater. Oh, I was like, who's Allie? Oh, okay. Allie. <laughs> Well, let's just say, like, the producers have a hard-on for Gabler in this episode. It's wild. Like... It's giving me flashbacks to, say, Philip Shepard. Except at least with Philip Shepard, I knew how the producers felt about him. This is all over the place. And at one, one episode, we see him as a bumbling idiot. The next, we see him as an idiot, bumbling idiot, who sort of, like, stumbled into a positive move for himself, getting rid of Ellie. And then this episode, he's a absolute hero. 
Which, yeah, my sense is that this is who he's been all along and that we just were given an alternative viewpoint, Mm. which is, like, such a reminder that, like, you know, all of these shows are editing. They can make smart people seem dumb. Dumb people people seem smart, et cetera, et cetera. What did you make of Gabler during the bucket-holding portion, this last phase of the challenge, dedicating each individual minute to a seemingly more and more random person or cause. I thought it was iconography. <laughs> I did. Like, you'll Is remember Gabler that. father at this point? Um, let's, like, graduate him to uncle, you know? I don't feel like it's <laughs> nephew, but, like, ne- yeah, uncle. Wow. No, I just thought that was, like, great. Like, he committed to the bit... He was being genuine, which is something you don't really get on these shows anymore. You get a lot of sort of like people either have a planned speech or you get in the case of like Owen and Cody, just like sort of like nothing burger answers, which, by the way, I love Jeff being like three, he quote unquote, three very personal stories. I'm like, no, that's one personal story. And then two other stories but no i just felt like it's like he was being sincere it was heartfelt the rest of the uh of the tribe was clearly moved by it and i thought he like it like it ended just when it needed to like it went on a little too long in a good way um like and 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 then it was over i don't know i loved it highly memeable i mean yeah so one it's memeable two it's memorable and i feel like memorable moments in the new era are few and far between. So I will take this. There's been a lot I've seen on Twitter comparing this to the Christian Hubicki, Alec Merlino uh, endurance challenge in David versus Goliath, where uh, Christian talked Alec's ear off the whole time. Yeah. And I will give it that. Is it, is it, is it that for me? No, it's not, but no, but like how often, how often when we're talking about memorable moments in the new era, are they not surrounding strategy, right? Because mm-hmm. it's so often about a blind side or Shan did this, but it's very seldom about something innocuous, such as like this, you know, moment in the challenge, which could have easily been cut out had they had they wanted to not include it. Or had or Gabler just... not won, it wouldn't have been in the challenge. Totally. Um but I, I, I just, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I thought I learned more about Gabler in that moment, and it shifted the way I thought about Gabler, um, which I think is kind of like ultimately on the care don't care continuum. <laughs> I would move it into care because, yeah, it, it had an effect on how I view this person beyond beyond that moment. Can I rewind real quick though, just before because I'm just looking at my notes right now. Also, during the challenge itself, going back to my sort of like incomplete thought around the gender bias in the game. Mm-hmm. There's that moment when Carla and... Uh, Cassidy. Cassidy, it'll stay at some point. When Carla and Cassidy are beginning to move uh, across using the planks, and Jeff goes, Jeff shouts out, both women are working together. And it's like, <laughs> yep, they're on a team, so that's how it what goes. What else are they and, gonna do? And they are both women, correct. It's just one of those moments, like we talk about it too, where it's like, when we mention the fact that people are mothers, or it's just like one of those moments of like, I know it's not a big deal. I'm not trying to say it's like, I'm pointing at that being like, that's the problem. But it is just one of those moments of like, why does that get said? 
Yes. But to be clear, are. to be clear, you're you're talking about when Jeff mentions someone is a mother, not when we mention someone. Oh no, as no, a no, mother, no, 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 which no. Has, which have two very different meanings. Right, right, right. No, he's denoting like literal, like um, birthing of kids, or not birthing, not necessarily literal uh, parental. Uh, you know, has children. Upbringing of children. Yeah, upbringing of children. Yes. Um, no, different. Yes, but no, but it's just like one of those moments. Where I'm like, why are we pointing this out? I just, that's the kind of stuff where it's like, it reminds me of like the come on in you guys of it all, where it's like, it doesn't matter, but like it, 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 it but it kind of does just because of like how we think about these things in subtle ways. That, that was one of those moments where I'm just like, oh, why are we pointing this out? Why isn't it just Carla and Cassidy? Now you could say, well, Evan, you can't even remember her name. So how, maybe he was just, maybe he forgot Cassidy's name in the moment. It was just like <laughs> those two women over there, but no, come on, Jeff. I just, I, I want better. I don't want to insinuate anything about Jeff, but I think that Cassidy is the kind of player that Jeff never forgets. I think that Jeff casts Cassidy's uh, himself. Mm. I will leave it there. We'll leave it there. Back to the Gabler thing. Okay, so as you mentioned, we had three distinct stories. One was Owen saying, I've always wanted to win a necklace ever since I was a little kid. Okay. Okay. The other story was Cody who wanted redemption for a wrestling match he lost in high school, which was very much giving me the uh, that he got the sob story, the sob story that was supposed to be for Noel, except that she's not sobbing for herself. Mm-hmm. And so instead, Cody said, I knew a guy who lost his leg in high school. And and it was a literal sob story with music and flashbacks that was given to Cody. And here now again, Cody is the ultimate peaked in high school survivor player. Yeah, it's like almost like we're craving like the drop your buffs edit of Cody that puts like the rinky dink music over him. Yeah. Because like the show seems to be like dignifying Cody in a way that like he doesn't seem like worthy of. So I feel like we have a different vantage point on Cody and realizing just like how much of I was gonna call him a bumbling idiot. That's I mean a little severe. I don't but bumbling for sure. Um, but just sort of like I would say he's someone who's very unaware of his surroundings. Yes. Like he's just someone who operates the way he operates without question. Um which again, I think someone like Cody is great in this game. I think yeah. Cody's actually a surprise like person I'm enjoying on the show because I don't like him as a person, which is like I want more people. It's like I like watching survivors so again not that i would call cody like a villain just yet but he definitely is if we're dividing the cast into heroes and villains he's surely at the head of the villains tribe um so i'm definitely here for cody's but yeah i thought that moment was just like very funny but it needed like a different tone within the music because it was like Mm -hmm. gabler has this huge story and then it's like there's these other two answers that just don't meet the moment and then like but then jeff is just sort of like three very personal stories. It's like, and again, could we not have cut out the other two and just been yeah. like, Gabler, why are you doing this? I do have to say about Gabler's story, like I know that you're quite high on Gabler's dedications. I My didn't uncle? love them. <laughs> I didn't love them because I felt like as soon as I was just like, why is he bringing up veterans? Because he's not a veteran. And we got it as well after the challenge where he was like, and 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 a clip package. 
about how veterans are the 1% like saving the 99% of us and he's going to give 100% for them. And it's like, wait a second, you're not a veteran. And I have a little tea here that he's not even a surgeon or a physician. So what's now, the shot he, of him in the operating room? It doesn't mean that he's not in an operating room, but he does not touch scalpel to chest. Let's say that. Gabler is a salesperson. <laughs> Don't tell Cody, but Gabler is a salesperson of medical devices. That's what's listed on his LinkedIn. I did some research. And, <laughs> and he, is, he is not a physician. He is not a surgeon. He, they, that's why they call him a heart valve specialist because he's, he is a salesperson of heart valve machinery. I guess that you would get put in in a heart surgery. I don't know how it works. But you're saying that like he's he's saying like it, he's not doing this as like a sort of like I'm secretly saying I'm this, but I'm actually this. He's CBS is doing this as like a no, he is. Yeah, well, I don't think that CBS necessarily knows how to present that to the general public as like right because they're all I about work like in the medical yeah. field, but I'm not the doctor. Right. In the words of Alanis Morissette, and so <laughs> it's like I feel like they're just like, well, can you get us some pictures and scrubs? Right. Uh, and it's not just like I don't know what a heart valve specialist does in the operating room. All I'm saying is his LinkedIn says he is a salesperson of medical devices. Well, I don't know listen. if he's selling them when when you're on the slab, and it's like so you can have this model or you can have this model, right? And it's like which make is your it? choice quick, blink twice, yeah. <laughs> 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 but I just you know want to put that out there. So he's well, not a veteran. He's not a surgeon or a physician, and but he's doing it for all of them. So this is interesting because it's like, what if, because Gabler's going to the end, um, I I feel like I feel confident in saying, so is there a world in which it's like, he, people kind of, you know, this narrative is all a part of him. He is someone who saves lives and PTSD, blah, blah, blah. Is there a world in which the people that vote for him potentially feel like they had the wool pulled over the, is that the expression? The wool pulled over yeah, your eyes? Yeah, the wool pulled over okay. your eyes, yeah. Because that's sort of like, that's a big, uh, you know, about face, as they say. Or wait, what? oh, oh no, you know what term I love? Um, Don Richard has a song about this. Uh, 86? 86? Is that a term? Oh, 86 yeah, 86 something? Yeah, wouldn't this yeah. be an example of an 86? 86 is like getting rid of something to 86 oh. it. Okay, sorry. So it's not just like when something... Okay, okay. Bad example. No. Sorry. Um, but no, this would just you're might be an example of a, of... You're thinking of a 180. A 180. Yeah, not an 86. <laughs> <laughs> uh, almost an 86 times 2 plus 8, right? <laughs> I don't do math. 6 plus 6 is 4. I don't know. Me neither. Um, <laughs> it all seemed to come together. Wait, no, I think that's right. Because 86 is 4 away from 90. 90 plus 90 is 180. Anyway. Okay, anyway. All this to say, I just wonder if this is something that could potentially the other players might feel like this was critical information that was withheld from them. And then, yeah. And also, do you think there's a world in which it's like, so is he going along with it? Or is like, I don't know. Like, did are the other players keen to the reality? That he's not a doctor? Yeah. I feel like they know. Because it's really only getting brought up in the confessionals and in the backstories. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I don't think that they're telling us he's a doctor. They're right. just not, not telling us. I just feel like that moment, like the way the tribe was reacting to him was very much like, 
this is a beloved figure amongst the 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 cast and and we're early into the merge mind you i mean this is technically like the first episode post merge or who knows whatever like we're early on the game um and it it seemed she seems pretty like i would like beloved status is like the impression i was getting i found that reaction confusing personally because that's not the impression I got about Gabler in the last episode, and certainly right. not from all of his tribe mates from day one. And so, well, uh, like especially seeing like I, I felt like Carla was having a reaction to everything that he was saying, and I was. But like, then there was the this? shot of the two of them talking uh, at the very beginning of the episode when they first got the information about the split into two tribes. Right. There's a shot, and the two of them are like having a moment together. Now, mind you, that could have just been like, "Hey, do you want to go to the water well?" But Still, I was like, oh, that's a, that's an interesting pairing. It almost totally. makes you wonder, like, at this juncture of the game, because, you know, it's only an hour, we get limited footage. You just kind of wonder about, like, for instance, like, I would love to see an episode that's just, like, what's Carla's relationship with all of the 11 other players? Like, show me footage just so I get a sense of, like, all the different dynamics, because there's so many players in so little time, you don't really know how things go. And it makes you just curious. Like, is there a world in which it's like Carla and Gabler formed a final two right now, but like we just don't have time to show it? Like, I, I'm I'm always curious about those relationships that we don't get to see because we just simply don't have the the bandwidth. It would be wild if we got a Survivor bottle episode one day, like just oh like my God. just uh, like uh, the entire episode from the point of view of Carla, and it's not even consequential to the outcome of the game no, or necessarily yeah. that episode, but it's just like this is how we're doing this one. Well, yeah, I mean there are. I mean, I feel like if they were to bring back um, uh, Exile Island, that's a great opportunity mm. to just strictly do. I mean, they well, I will say when we got the. Um, Roxroy episode last season that was sort of a bodily segment of like him like reigniting his like love of life or igniting I don't know um but yeah I would be very I mean like just the idea of like a that large a shift in format is like I'm tingling at like the mere thought of like the editors being like let's just shake things up with no as you said with no consequence to the game yeah Give mm. us the Janu episode when she goes yes. to Exile Island. Release the footage. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the strategy because it did get a little bit chaotic pre-tribal after Gabler won his immunity. Can I ask a question about this? Please. There's a moment when Dwight is referencing seasons 41 and 42 because he says the last two seasons. And it was my understanding that 43... 42 was airing while 43 was filming. That's correct. They would okay, not have well, seen the merge. So that's of 42. Oh, so they would have seen some of 42? They would have seen some of. Okay, fair enough. What was he referencing? I missed that. I'm not that. sure. We're, we're, we're <laughs> minutes after the episode. <laughs> I can pull it up for you later. But I just had one of those moments where I was like, the moment he referenced the last two seasons, my Spidey sense went off. Oh, maybe about knowledge is power or like Perhaps. what advantages were floating around. Yeah, that's possible. Okay, so I think we see, we start to get some hints of the dynamics of the tribe. And what's really interesting to me is about where Janine and Noel are falling in all of this, because it did start to feel like a very Noel-centric episode to the point where I was either like, oh, the winter arc is starting 
or she's going home tonight. And I don't think ultimately either are true, but it was interesting to see that, okay, I mean, like going back to the beginning of the episode when Janine did confirm to us she is she was completely blindsided by the Ellie vote out, and then uh, and she goes around to everybody and kind of says like, "Well, I'm a I'm a vote up for grabs at this point. Like I'm going to use this. I'm an asset essentially that I can be used as a vote. I'm happy to join any alliance. Somebody come talk to me." And Noelle goes to her and is like, "I've been in your place. I've been on the outs." And of course, she was with the NECA vote. And she's kind of like bonding with her over that, except that the thing that I'm confused about is that Noelle actually voted with Janine in in the incorrect vote there where Ellie went home in the previous episode. So it was like, I felt like I I think that what's happening is Noelle is playing a big game and people are starting to see through it. So I think that Noelle kind of like acting like she was in on the vote against Ellie, but not actually voting that way. I think that either way you look at that, whether she voted that way, knowing that Ellie was going home in order to secure Janine's loyalty moving forward, like that's one strategy. The other is to act like it wasn't her that voted with them, which I don't know if that really pays off or like if people can suss that out. But either way, I think it's interesting that she's doing this. And then... I think that it's really interesting that she just, it seems to be assuming a lot of alliances for herself, which obviously aren't going to pan out in this episode because we see Janine Owen, Noelle, and Gabler voting together this episode. But we see strategy between Janine, Noelle, Jesse, and Cody. And so she thinks, oh, and Dwight is in there as well. Um, so I think that Noelle thinks she's got the entire Vessi tribe on her side, which I don't quite understand that because she was always on the outs and she even told Janine she was on the outs with that tribe, but that she's assuming this. And then she's really the one that's going around to everybody during this pre-tribal strategy session, sharing information, like kind of coming up with this James Ryan split vote idea with Janine. And I like, I kind of love to watch it because I love to watch somebody work so hard, but ultimately be wrong. I don't know when I see those like montages though, my first thought is that like, they're just, everyone was going around having those exact same conversations and they just chose to highlight Noelle's. I get what you're saying. And I, and I, and I totally felt that from her. But I just feel like there's a a version of the show in which everyone can look crazy and as though they're scrambling and talking strategy with everyone. But it was, this was a nice mix up in the episode because not only did we not really know who was going to go, but there were people like Noelle who were prominently like featured in the narrative, even though they weren't really up for elimination uh, per se, whatever the term is, but like that were like in the mix here. Um... So yeah, I, I definitely know Ellis definitely one to watch. And this was definitely if this if it, this was not the Gabler centric episode, Noel certainly was a supporting lead in the episode at a time when we could really use more Carla on our screens, uh, without question. Now I did want to talk a little bit about the uh knowledge is power advantage mm. and how it was found. Mm-hmm. Because the water well is something that gets opened often, right? They're drinking water. They That's not hidden in any way. So it had to have been very strategically planted by the producers with the understanding that, like, there are, like, 
I don't know, maybe half hour, hour. It's like it's going to be found before the next tribal without question. And I would imagine there's some sort of order around these are the people that get water every day or some rotation. That much I'm not sure of. But like that felt a little sus to me where it's like, who needs who needs this the most? James. Who's going to find it? James. And and when does he need it most? Right before tribal. And when's he going to find it? Right before tribal. There was just something strange about that sequence of events in, in the sense that that felt a little bit like producer manipulation, even if even if they didn't necessarily want it for James, just in the sense of like they were placing that there knowing it was going to be found. Um, there was no chance that that was going to be overlooked. And also, yeah. sorry, but don't they know that multiple people go to the water well at a time? So it almost seems like not only did they want it to be found right then and there, they wanted it to be a situation. They were trying to create the chaos of multiple people finding it. Yeah, and I'm not sure that we needed it this round. Like, I thought that the actual strategy of just watching the first merge vote play out, as Sammy said, like, it's it's the first vote where this time we're all, you know, vulnerable, except for the person wearing immunity, which in this case was Gabler, that now we're going to find out how, how, every, how the alliances are going to, you know, stand or fall. And so I don't know that this was the round they needed to chuck that bottle into the water well, because I don't think we needed the added element of chaos. Uh, again, I would have preferred that time to be spent on better laying out the dynamics of how people are talking to each other. Because it's quite interesting. Like, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I think it was co- like coincidence. I don't know that they have a real schedule of like who's going to the water well. It's possible they do. I don't think that in the matter of hours that they have that the producers really feel strongly one way or another by the time they drop that in the well about who's going home or who needs it the most right i'm I'm, more saying that they knew it was going to be found the manipulation to me is less around the james of it all that to me is just sort of circumstantial but at least that they were like wanted to create something that they knew was going to have an effect on that specific tribal yeah absolutely a hundred percent and I just don't think we needed it. No. Is now when we mention James's speaking voice in this episode. Um, I don't know what was going on, but you know when you were younger and you were just talking to a fan? Yeah. <laughs> that's what was happening with James. And at first I just was like, what? Something is off here. And then once I heard him speaking more in tribal, it just was like something was caught in his throat and it was just like, yeah. bro, swallow. His voice is shot. His voice is shot. Shot. I like it's interesting. You know, women get a lot of flack, or they did a couple of years ago for you know this concept of vocal fry. Mm-hmm. This is vocal fry on another level. Yeah, men, men can have vocal fry too. Yes. Now I have to okay. say though, as a player in the game, like James is super interesting to me, yeah. and actually he's been like one of these like slow percolating characters that's like been on our radar now for some time, is clearly very strategic-minded, seems... I'm also curious, like, how much are him and Carla still aligned at this juncture? Because we got I the sort of, very. like... I think very. Yeah, we, I mean, we get that impression, but um, he is just definitely, definitely a player to watch moving forward. I will be very anxious to see, coming out of this vote, where he can maneuver, because I feel like he just seems very likable and also extremely level-headed because as we remember, 
he had, you know, this several players on his tribe that were getting paranoid and the way he was able to so convincingly talk them down. And although it was not successful, I felt like he made like such a great argument in both instances where I just feel like he is very much someone who is able to acquiesce to different people's personalities in a way that I think will really benefit him moving forward. Yeah, I will. I really like him. I think he's really interesting. I think he made a really big mistake in this episode, yeah. which was the same mistake Geo made, which was finding the knowledge is power and then telling, not, at least Geo just told Carla. He told Carla, he told Ryan, he told Cody, yeah. who now, isn't on his original tribe. Right. So and two of those me... people, unbeknownst to him, have idols who right. could be impacted by this advantage. Wait, but he knows that Cody has it. I don't know that he does. Okay. So then my question mark is, I mean, we have this conversation all the time, but like, I guess I don't really understand the motivation in voting out Dwight here when if you're Cody, who we get the impression more, sort of more or less masterminded this vote, I, I just feel like this is so such like you you have knowledge as power in this moment, Cody, in knowing the power that James has. And even if Dwight, excuse me, even if James doesn't know, it's likely that because other people know about Cody's idols that James could find out about it. It's just such a strange move to me. And also just knowing how like Dwight seems rather inconsequential in the, in the sense of like who the power players are in the game. And being that they've, repeatedly gone after low-hanging fruit in all of the episodes that we've seen so far. It's like, when are they going to start going after the power players? Which I, I thought that was this week. I think it will be next week, hopefully. Um, I, I, I wasn't quite sure what the strategy was with Dwight because Sammy, is that the, the other guy's name? Mm-hmm. Again, because we're not seeing a lot of Sammy lately. Again, Sammy and, and Cody seem to make it seem like we're going to make a big move. And to me, it was more of Oh, like, you're talking about Jesse. Jesse, excuse me. Yes, excuse me, Jesse. Jesse and Cody. Uh, Jesse and Cody seem to make it seem like, oh, we're gonna like we're gonna shake things up. But it's like it felt like more just like shaking things up for shaking things up sake, more than it did like shaking things up because they actually are going to like create a strategy that's going to help them in the game long term. This just didn't seem like a uh not not that it wasn't a smart move, it didn't really seem like a logical move. Mm. Actually, of anybody here, I feel the closest to her. She feels like family, like I can really relate to her. I think they're both like similarly strategically minded. And I think that they came together. And I think James is so important to Carla that I think Carla, my guess is that Carla saved James in that moment because otherwise, I mean, Carla doesn't want to out her idol. I don't think that Carla, James or Ryan, I don't think the Cocos know about Cody's idol because it was Ellie, Sammy, Janine that knew about Cody's idol. Not to say that they can't find out in the future, but like Carla wouldn't know. Nobody knows about Carla's idol at this point. And so I feel like it's just like, let's not freak out here and 
throw suspicion onto ourselves that we could have something and we feel threatened by this thing. Let's just like sit on it, talk him out of potentially trying to play it because it's not necessary right now. We have the numbers. We can just do this vote against Dwight, who I kind of get the Dwight vote because you have Noel, who, you know, like I said, I wasn't sure where this narrative came from that she was gaining too much power in the game, which is something Carla said. But it's like, unless they're seeing that she's really bonding with these Bacas, uh, who she's now voted with twice. And so like, I get that they feel like, well, wherever Noel goes, Dwight goes, because they've been a pair since the beginning. And it's now common strategy in Survivor to not vote out your actual target, but you vote out the person that's closest to them. You weaken them instead of taking them out. So I think that's where the Dwight vote came from. The other thing we need to talk about is Kevin, the shuffling of advantages because the knowledge's power gets out. I don't know that it's like fully gotten out or there's just a lot of assumptions. It seems to be like, obviously James told a whole bunch of people, Carla, he told Ryan, he told Cody, Cody told some people, I think. And then there's a lot of assumption. They're like, well, it's probably knowledge is power. So we better be careful. And so, uh, Janine gives her idol to Dwight to hide because everybody knows Janine's got this idol. I think, uh, or like, I mean, certainly her whole tribe knows Gabler has Gabler talked to her about it in front of Ryan. So probably the cat's out of the bag on that one. And then Noel has that ex- steal, steal a vote advantage, I think. And so Janine gives her idol to Dwight to hide in his pants and then Noel gives her advantage to Owen, I think. Anyways, this ends disastrously because this is so funny. It's like this is killing you right now because it's like this is the kind of thing with your second watch that you would like have it all mapped out. And I'm just <laughs> twiddling my fingers over here. I'm telling you, this is the tension you can feel. Uh, that Dwight gets voted out, and he has, as far as we know. He has Janine's idol in his pants. So now Janine is idolless. Well, what do you Once mean, again, as as she's on know, the bottom of a he, vote. Well, he has it. Well, I assume so, yeah. I mean... It's just she, that we never got, like... It's not like he's said in his... Yeah, I mean, I assume it went in yeah. his pants. Okay, and I, just, so, and I then, need to hear Janine say that in the beginning of the next right. episode. And so, I mean, obviously this will be addressed at the top of the next episode. There's an Entertainment Weekly... Uh, story that went up with Dalton Ross, wouldn't you know, um, minutes after the episode aired, sort of confirming the fact that there is a rule in place that's never been mentioned before, but that exists, um, which is that as soon as Jeff calls out the question of does anybody have an idol in an advantage, if no one responds at that point, the idols and advantages become null and void. If you are in possession of one, it is no longer valid. Had Dwight successfully passed the idol to Janine before leaving tribal council, the producers would have confiscated uh, Janine's idol. I would have been very curious to see how they would have addressed that. Had that been the case, I don't think I don't get the sense that that is what happened, but that would have been most curious. I have to say, I don't love that rule. I think if Dwight is able to get the idol back to Janine before he gets up and walks out, that should be perfectly valid. If anything, that could create some exciting drama in people potentially seeing that transaction taking place. I think that's like, why wouldn't that be allowed? Like, if you can do it, why not? 
So I have to say that, and I'll say this spoiler free, but this has played out quite spectacularly on Australian Survivor, where there used to be no rule, and then they changed the rule. So, uh, and people have played around that rule change, Mm. especially in the last season, there was a very interesting play around that rule change, meaning that idols were transferred and it was fair. I'll just say that, but they have the same rule. So they used to not have the rule. So it was like someone could get voted out and you could be like, okay, I bequeath my idol to so-and-so in front of everybody. But that's a little um, different. Even I mean, like I think there's. Well, it's the same thing. Well, it's I mean, not. that's that's more in the style of how you do it. Yeah. Okay, but I do think there's a world in which it's like when you get up and walk out, you can know. I, I get the idea of like cutting it off, or like once you get out, once you get up and have your torch snuffed, like done. But there's a little bit to me. It's like if you're still sitting. But I guess like my other question with this rule is, couldn't someone like Janine argue that? she didn't know the rule because it's not a rule that's explicitly stated. It's one of those sort of like, uh, you know how like sometimes with Scrabble, someone will put down like a word and they'll tell you about a rule that you never knew existed in Scrabble. And then they'll be like, no, 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 this is like part of like the official Scrabble thing. And then they'll pull the thing and they'll be like, and then they'll be correct. But you'll be like, yeah, but like no one actually plays that rule. This is sort of like one of those instances where like, can't Janine easily go and just be like, I would not have given my idol away at all had I known that this was the case. And she'd have a valid argument. It'd be easy to say, I didn't know that that was the case. Or is there some Bible now when they get to the island day one where Jeff, you know, choppers on down, or not choppers, he's not a chopper anymore. He comes by boat, falls into the water, gets up, dusts himself off and hands them the Survivor Bible. These are all of the rules that will not be explicitly stated on the show, but you must know about. Yeah, I do wonder if it comes with the rules of a hidden immunity idol. It's just like most maybe. curious, you know? Um, For instance, one of those rules, we're going to tell the audience that you're not eating any food, but we will provide you with tons <laughs> of food. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> I did feel like, and this part I had to rewatch in the few moments I had before jumping on this call, is that as Dwight's name kept coming up in the votes, Janine kept reaching back. This is why I was like, this is why I say I want to see what happens at the beginning of the next episode. Oh, yeah, episode she clearly was trying to grab for the idol. That was the it sense seemed I got. like at first I was like, oh, she's touching his leg. Like, she's, she, it's or a is it moment. more but, like an I, I told there, you It so. happened like three times. And it's almost like it wasn't that she was touching his leg. It was that she was doing like the Flintstones hand. You know how like when the Flintstones mm-hmm. stand, their hands are back like cupped. She was doing that as if like, give me the idol. This just kind of sucks. I feel like this always happens to us where it's like, it's like this reminds me of just like so many instances where it's like of all the people, like Janine's the one person that, oh, I guess, wait, Carla has an idol, right? Yeah. Okay, so that would have been bad too, but it's like, why couldn't this happen to fucking Cody? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why does it have to be Janine's idol, someone who like really needs that idol? That Mm -hmm. said, I feel like Janine's in a pretty good position as far as like, now that I feel like they're going to start to target, you know, bigger players. Mm. Um, but still, it's like, why it gotta be Janine? So I wonder, how did they make the decisions around who to give them to? And was there strategy on the part of Cody and, I'm gonna remember his name, don't say it. Um, 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 I can see his face. It's not Sammy. His name is, give me the first letter. Think of a, fa- think of a famous British singer, famously Adele. sung on a plane. 
against everyone on the plane's wishes. Oh, Jesse. Blunt. Okay, so <laughs> in the case, so is there a world in which Jesse and Cody maneuver Janine's idol to go to Dwight specifically for this reason? Because that would be good gameplay. Yeah. Also, people are really tough on Jesse J. I, hey, I've <laughs> I've seen Jesse J live like three times. Okay, well, you're not among the tough ones. <laughs> it was in the early days of her first album where I was like, I was like, she is this the next big thing. And yeah, I wasn't, wasn't wrong, but I was wrong in terms of like what thing it was. Yeah, I was gonna say, she's the big thing. Um, remind me to show you. I was making fun of Jessie J on Instagram several years ago, and she got in the comments and responded. No. Um, and it's 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 really sad because she, I was calling out some comment that she made about no longer being bisexual, and like she wrote a comment like expressing like deep like sadness over the fact that she'd said it, and she was like super remorseful, and I was like, oh my god, like it's just a funny quote, like I yeah. I don't really feel any type of way about it. I felt really bad, and then I tried to DM her afterwards to be like explain myself, and of course she doesn't look at her DMs because she's Jessie J, she's mid flight, she's singing, she's on some, wasn't she on The Voice like as a con- like yeah, as a con- she was on The Voice, yeah, The Voice UK. But no, no, no. Wasn't she on a reality show as a contestant? No, I'm serious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She was. Of course she was. It was an Asian reality show where she like slayed every single song. There Work. were like truly incredible performances. Like My Heart Will Go On. Mm. Uh, I Will Always Love You. Like every song she did. I don't know how she got these songs. Every song that's like the big song that you would do every night. Like it was always her. I think she won. I think she won. Mm. Well, as we say, let's get her on Survivor. <laughs> it's like the way we like sure the whenever we diverge up. the way we always get it back on track let's get her on survival. bring her back yeah bring yeah, jesse j back yeah. remember that time she was in the cast singing uh the bumpers for the vmas i do remember that that was, that was, that was iconic that was iconography hey listen when she's on that plane singing they need to reroute that plane over to fiji, to fiji. yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay amazing Okay, so at Tribal, I think all I have to say about Tribal, we talked about the surfing analogy, but I mean, Jeff's transition into the Jaws, I don't want to call it music, but like Jeff has been hankering for analogies for years now. He's like, give me an, he used to like, it used to come out naturally, or they would just cut him out saying like, can you make that an analogy? Now he's just like, give me an analogy. I'm begging you. And why surfing? I guess Cody's lives in Hawaii, but like, why the surfing? And then and then for Jeff to finish the analogy that he's like, except it's like if Jaws was there. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, it was really cringe. And like, there was also and the like moment with, again, with them referencing Jesse's number system when Jeff like yes. made that like comment being like, that was really fun or like funny or something. That was, it was fun. Like, that was fun. Yeah, was and like, now we're going to ask every, all 12 of you to give me a number. Like that, that's boring, Okay, Jeff. also... Jeff, Jeffrey, we need to cut the, how confident are you about the vote tonight? It's like, what are people supposed to say, sir? What are people supposed to say? And when everyone's giving the same number, that should be an indicator to you, the question asker, that you are asking the wrong questions. That should not be a gleeful moment of, oh, everyone's aligned. It's like, no, no, no. I'm telling you, Talk about a, a, a larger conversation to be had. Jeff, I, I feel like 43 is finding its groove, um, but Jeff is not Stella in this instance, and the groove is not back for Jeff. 
Okay, we're like going much longer than I wanted to because this is late at night, but I have a voicemail about this, so I want to okay. play it because I think there's a good question here. Okay, um, my other message that you can play um, is I feel like tribal has gotten a little stale to me. Jeff has really kind of gotten into this groove of being like, let me ask someone to like make a comparison of the game to their job. And then like on a scale of one to 10, how sure are you? Wow, everyone's really sure. That really illustrates that you never know what's gonna happen. It just like feels like the same. So my question is like, what if you were a producer and you're giving Jeff a list of questions to ask at this tribal council? Like what questions would you have him ask to like kind of stir shit up and figure out like in a more personal way, like what is going on on this tribe? Like where are the divisions? What's the drama? Okay, I love this question. So I have two that come to mind for me. That was from that was from Alice, by the way. She didn't introduce herself. Alice, I love. Well, I mean, she clearly did on another voice memo, which um, <laughs> I want to hear. Um, okay, so I have two things. I think that there are options to sort of like shitster, right? So I think so. One of the things I think Jeff could do more of is, for instance, say Gabler didn't win today's challenge, Carla. Who were you rooting for? Who would you have wanted to win? Or uh, you go to people and be like, hey, had you not done the rock draw pairings, knowing what you know about the challenge mm-hmm. now, who would you have wanted to have been paired with? There are so many ways to revisit past aspects of either that episode or the season so far and sort of hypothetical, like create hypothetical situations that might be big tells about who people are working with or, or where they're at. And you might actually throw people off a bit, which is really exciting because when you ask people to do the one to 10, it's so easy to answer. No one's ever really thrown off at all or forced to actually, In when you ask questions like the ones I said, people might give away information that they would not have otherwise given away had they had more time to think about it. So that's what I would ask. Yeah, I think those are great questions. I think another thing that is never talked about at Tribal, really, or very rarely, is, hey, there were votes all over the place last week. Who do you think voted for you, Mm. so-and-so? And why do you think that they did that? Like, that's a little more direct and like, oh, clearly Jeff is trying to cause shit here. Yes. But why not ask that? Yeah. Another one. I mean, this is like really shit story, but Jeff could be like, you know, I heard from the producers, all three idols that were placed at the camps were found. And then you ask someone, who do you think has the idols? I mean, I'm really getting into like, I'm getting unhinged here at this point, but I just, my all this to say that it's like, I think Jeff can like get a little messier at this point, especially when like clearly we're playing with, we're, we're just so buttoned up at this point in tribal and, and so formulaic that I think we have to start to get a little bit more unhinged. And obviously Agreed. that last example is like crazy. Um, but I mean, I I'm, could kind of be for the chaos. This is why I think someone like having Sandra take over as host of the show would be so beneficial. <laughs> someone that's a little bit more willing to, to just play. I feel like Jeff yeah. is, well, I feel like Jeff thinks that he's being super playful and that's sort of like why like things have gone amok in a sense which is that like i think if you were to try to give jeff the note that he needs he he would counter by saying like i'm doing that and it's like and that's the problem yeah it's almost like oh my god uh the season two finale of sex in the city when carrie oh fuck hold on um 
um, they're quoting the line from the way we were. And Carrie says, da, 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 da. And then she says, and you never were. I can't remember what he says. Anyway, I, I don't have it right now. But all this just to say where it's like, it's like the person that thinks that the thing is that they know everything that's going on, that they're in control. And it's like, no, no, no. Not only do you not know, you never knew. And that's like, I in this mm-hmm. instance, Jeff is Robert Redford. I am Barbara Streisand. I don't remember my lines. All, all I know is the last line. I'm turning to Jeff. I'm peeling back his hair. And I'm saying, and you never were. <laughs> <laughs> I need a little body. It sounds like this could be fair paraphrased by Christina Aguilera in MTV's diary. You Stop. think you know, but you have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I got it. I got it. I got it. Worth it. Okay. Um, so Give she the does line. the line, Your girl is lovely, Hubble. She is reciting the way we were too big. And he responds and says, I don't get it because he doesn't realize that she is quoting this famous movie that she loves that she thinks she thinks emulates their very relationship. And then she responds and you never did. So Jeff (laughs) Probst is Mr. Big. I am Carrie Bradshaw. I don't get it. And you never did. I love that. I think I took this way too far, but I'm appreciate myself for committing to it. I didn't let go. For better or for worse, probably for worse. No, now I have something to work with in the editing bay. Thank you. Thank you. Because if it went nowhere, what would I have done? Okay, let's choose the emoji. I do want to mention, let's talk about this more next week. We got some really interesting responses to people with the emojis last week about where they're feeling about the season. We'll check in soon. I think we're at a turning point, and I bet you the numbers will shift. But, like, I'm really interested. I think one thing we could start doing is, like, weekly polling of the audience about rating the episode or more like rating where we're at. Cause I actually think that's more interesting data than like the specific episode. Because like for me, these last two episodes are really pushing this season. Like right now, this season is above 41 and 42 for me. Thanks to Mm. these last two episodes. And also just like, I think there's a lot of places for us to go right now. Like anyway. Okay. So the emoji is anything coming to mind for you? The wrestlers, the wrestlers. Let's. I just like to see. Can I? If I type in the word wrestle, nothing happens. But I do know what you're talking about. Okay. There's two guys wrestling in a in a. Why does that have to be guys? In the sports section. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, um, I think there's okay. two girls wrestling too. Oh, then we're doing the girls. Oh yeah yeah. Oh I know, wait. I was just thinking about Cody. I don't think Cody was wrestling a girl. So wait, there's three wrestlers. There's two women. And then there's two pairs of two men. And one is in a red singlet. Like, it's a darker singlet. Okay, whatever. We are going to do the two female wrestlers. Okay, we'll do them. Those two female wrestlers represent Carla and Janine. But but they're they're aligned in our our world. But it's inspired by the redemption that Cody was seeking from his failed wrestling tournament Mm. in high school. Mm, Totally. Did we get it? No, no, I got it. I got it from the jump. Okay. Oh, you're just elevating it. Yeah, no, I'm just like, because, no, because we're inverting to female wrestlers. Yes. Yeah. Love that. We can't all be surfer babes on the beach watching our boyfriends, you know. That is so true. In the water. Okay, well, let's wrap it up. It's late. It's late. Um, but this is the, this is the soonest you're going to ever get a recap of 
Survivor on Drop Your Buffs. So cut to next we're like week, the know-it-alls like, tonight. Yeah, exactly. We're like, I, know it, we're like the know-it-nothings. I have that same tonight. thought. I was like, this is what it must be like to be Stephen Fishback. With that, we have some exciting news re Borneo, which is that we are going to be recording the next recap. We had a little break here. I'm sorry, uh, well, it's okay. Um, it's it, It's been out for 22 years. That's true. We can wait a few more days. So, but you know what? Uh, can I just say, we were go- say. just we were going to do it today, and I, I would not have had time to watch it. And I actually think it's like one of those things where it's like I care enough to like like commit to like watch not only because I could have like you know cycled through them and done I could have done the podcast but it's like we're having so much fun doing it that like it was more of like a let's keep what I believe is high quality product I mean I'm on the inside of it but like dare I say the the Borneo recaps are our magnum opus I think so so I was like I just don't want to drop the ball I was like we could have gotten it done but to me it's like why rush something that and we enjoy doing it we love it and it just would have been it would have been stressful today, and I don't want it to be a stressful experience. I think that will translate to the listeners. So all this to say, I think I'm doing us collectively a favor in delaying till next week. But we will deliver. Yes. So in the meantime, watch Borneo episodes five to seven. Mm. Go to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash drop your bus to sign up to get access to those episodes. That's going to be very exciting. And I was thinking, I think I already said this before, but like maybe we'll do a poll to decide which season we will rewatch next. I feel like that'll be really fun to do. So you got to be a patron to get in on that poll. Okay. Make sure you're following us at Drop Your Buffs Pod. Hey, (laughs) rate and review us. Uh, We just got our first review in a little while, and it was about how my disgusting wet mouth is all all that anybody can hear on this podcast so there's i have a new insecurity unlocked i i've i've had like i've had like wet i've been salivating through this entire episode because it's all i can think about so it's like gonna be extra bad this episode but i'm working on it i'm gonna go to a therapist and well you know i'm I'm working i i take your feedback and i'm working on it so thank you leave us a review thank you so much for listening bye bye